0: And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? And he said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did in Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. Luke chapter 4, verse 36. And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power He commands the unclean spirits and they come out. And reports about Him went out into every place in the surrounding region. We do the things that we do not by our own desire. We follow the leadings that we follow not because we're something we follow him we follow the Holy Spirit we are able to do the things he said we can do because of his authority because of the authority that the Holy Spirit gives us by his infilling we're not here of our own accord We're not able to do anything because we're us. The only reason we can do anything is because Jesus Christ lived, died, and gave us the authority to do things in His name. We must take that authority. We must take that authority. And we must keep moving. We must keep moving forward. We must not give up because if we give up, we will not reap a harvest. That's what the word says. It's the authority of the word that proclaims them. It's his authority. It's his power. It's his ability. Why don't you greet one another? Encourage each other. You have the authority. six years ago uh, there we had uh, some things happen within the church and and uh, we no longer had a or, uh, we had actually it was longer than that we had no youth minister and uh, we had the youth being a part of the adult Bible study which was pain and torturous I know but they made it through anyway and then uh, six years ago uh, but uh, Buddy Shackley came to me and said you know, tell me, please tell me if this is not God, because you know that would be great. But uh, but he said, I've been praying, and I said I think I'm supposed to help lead the uh, the youth group, and uh, so I didn't have to pray about it. I already knew that was a great idea. So he and Susanna took the leadership of the youth group uh, six years ago, and uh, and have run it for the last six years. Big round of applause. And, and with them were a group of other uh, parents and other people from within the church. The, the uh, Grant Abins helped out uh, quite a bit, and, and uh, Cerise was doing fun things to make sure that at least there was something fun within the youth group. Uh, and then uh, uh, Zach and Christine have been helping out, and it's been a team effort, and they have done an absolute fantastic job it is It is exactly the kind of youth group I want the depth the, the, uh, the, the amount of, of knowledge that, that these kids are learning at their age, really preparing them to get ready to move to college to move into that next level where they have to not only believe it but have to know why they believe it and it's been uh, just it's been awesome, absolutely awesome. but six years ago, one of the things that they said is that they commit. To, to being those leaders until Mark graduates. Well, I didn't think he'd ever graduate, so I figured they were in forever. <laughs> but he graduates at the end of this year. It's a miracle. Big round of applause for miracles. I'm sorry. I'm just in one of those moods today. I apologize. And uh, so as we've been talking... Uh, about them being done in one year and and how do we progress from there and so on and so forth. Talking with leadership, talking amongst ourselves and and praying about it at at great length. Uh, We started in the spring, uh, we embarked on a, a, a path, I guess I don't want to make it sound too grandiose, but we've started to head towards looking for a youth minister. Somebody who could come in, could uh, take the, the leadership of, of the organization and the pulling everything together and planning events and, and doing all of the things that, that uh, a youth minister would do. And uh, we've, uh, the, we still want to keep the feel of the, the church, the adults in the church, still doing teaching. So that's not, we're not going to get away from that as a whole, but to have somebody who's, who is on staff, who, uh, who is able to take that time and, and uh, uh, plan things out so it doesn't all fall on the, the adults or the other folks that are, are working within the youth group. It's just a good thing to have. And so in May, we began to pray about it and to get very serious about finding someone and we've gone through the process throughout the summer. We actually put ads into three different colleges: the, the North Central Bible College, uh, to uh, um, Oral Roberts University, and to Rama Bible Training Center, and sent the sent uh, uh, application opportunities through that. Uh, we've interviewed people within the church, uh, people who are already leaders, talked with them, discussed how uh, that might fit into their life. We've pr- they've prayed about it and came about. Um, and this morning, I want to introduce to you, uh, for uh, the first time here, He's not, not his first time here at the church, but I want to introduce to you, before I tell you the story how we get there, Peter Molnar from, uh, from La Crosse, Wisconsin, originally. But... We're or not originally. Actually, he's not from La Crosse, Wisconsin. Originally, he's actually from from uh, Hungary. Uh, what, uh, what's the name of the town you're from? Oh, you are from Sharvar. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought she's from Sharvar, Hungary. Uh, long story. You can ask him later. Uh, I, I, where do you folks live now? Oh. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, nice to meet you. Pleasure. I'm John. But to tell you a little bit about uh, how how uh, we've met, how I met Peter and how this all came about, it's going to take a few moments. So I'm going to have him sit down for just a moment and uh but I'm going to have him share uh, in, in when I get done here. Um 3 years ago. And I'll have him prompt me in case I miss things like where he's from. Uh, uh, three years ago or more we were on a mission trip to Hungary and uh, we did it we built two homes of those those of you that were on that trip if you remember that trip uh, pastor Attila our friend from Hungary was also in Romania building a home and when he was there while they were there they videotaped the process. They videotaped the, the the community. They interviewed people. They they videotaped the the building of the building and, and the the people that are going to live there and so on and so forth. He then had someone who put that video into a a, a very short documentary that he could show because uh, God has opened up doors for Pastor Attila to minister in a many different places across Hungary, Romania, Serbia, and so on. And he took that video with him and was showing it at different venues and different opportunities. Um, One of those venues was a youth camp, a a, a very large youth camp in Hungary, which Peter was a counselor at uh, while he was there for the summer. He's actually been here in the States um, for the last four years, uh, getting his degree at the University of Wisconsin-La Crosse. Um, But he he was back home, he was working at this youth camp, and he saw the video god moved on his heart that he wanted to be of help he wanted to to be a part of of what god was doing in uh in Sikahed. and so uh he went up to pastor attila after the meeting and said hey I, that was really amazing i i want to help do that i want to build a house uh next summer and pastor attila being the uh the businessman that he is said show me the money and uh and so he said, well, he'll get back in touch. Peter came back to the States for school that year in his home church in La Crosse, uh, prayed about it, talked to the pastor, began to raise money, and raised money to build two homes uh, that next year. And then went back and, and uh, got a hold of Pastor Attila, said, hey, we're, we're able to do this. We have the money to build two homes. And then Pastor Attila said, well, okay, but you've got to bring your own crew So then he he organized, uh, for the main part, five guys, but then up to 20 people for painting and everything else, brought a crew down and built two homes in Sikahid. After he did that, that summer, um, Pastor Tilla called uh, uh, Dan and Marta and said, "Uh, the next time you're in Hungary, there's somebody you need to meet. Because he was in uh, in the States. He he said, you really need to meet this young man. And so... Uh, when we were back uh, for one of the trips they were able to meet with uh, Peter and, and we found out it was interesting there was already a connection uh, he had a, 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 an opportunity to meet uh, Professor Eric Eager at uh, La Crosse uh, at, at the college there and uh, so it's, it's amazing how small the world is and uh, so they met, talked, then the next summer, or that next spring, uh, you were building a third house. If I remember it, was, you were building another house, and I asked I had been praying for a number of years, um, as Dan and Marta are getting older, as you know we don't know what the, the future is uh, long term, that w- if we are to continue being a part of that ministry over there, then we need a, 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 an interpreter. I need an interpreter who can travel with me. And so I met Peter on that trip, and we talked some, and and asked if he would be able to uh, interpret for us while we were there. So he went with our team. So a number of you were on that trip when we were in uh, uh, Sikahed and and, uh, Uska, and were a part of that. And Peter interpreted for a number of us. Uh, He was even able, this is a a miracle of God, he was even even able to keep up with Vern as he preached. And uh, so it was we knew you know this this guy's got skills that's all i gotta say and uh but he interpreted that was his first time ever interpreting in that situation and he did a fantastic job so fast forward to this spring this spring i knew he was graduating there were there was his uh, graduation was going to be on a weekend But i wasn't able to be at the graduation i wanted to be but because it was a sunday morning it just wasn't going to work and so i called and said can i come down and take you out for for a meal one night and just want to congratulate you and talk because i wanted to talk to him about the interpreting part of you know the future what that might hold so we met for dinner talked to him about the possibility of being an interpreter for us in hungary when we come over Uh, he was very interested in that talked to him about taking last year's uh, uh, doctrine sermons, 27 doctrine sermons, and translating them, both the written part and the speaking part, into Hungarian, to be distributed among the churches in in Hungary. And he was very interested. said, absolutely, I'll do that. So when I got home, I sent him 14, the first 14 uh, lessons. And uh, a month later... um, we, uh, he was coming up for a conference, and by that time we were seriously into it. We were already talking about candidates. We'd already talked to some people about being a youth minister, but I hadn't thought of that for him. But when he came up uh, for that in, in June, uh, I said, You know, I said, I don't know how this all plays together because he had, he had shared that God was leading him to stay in the States. He didn't know why for sure, but he felt like God was telling him to stay in the States, to not go back. Uh, right away. So when he came in June, um, this was the the youth stuff was very fresh on my heart, fresh on my mind. And I asked him, I said, "Well, if you're staying in the states, would you ever consider being a youth minister? He prayed about it, said he'd have to seek the Lord, prayed about it. And at that point, uh, one month after I had given him fourteen sermons, uh, he handed me the finished copy of 14 sermons, all written, all verbally translated. Absolutely, it's a it's a humongous feat, if you have any idea. It's, it's a huge thing. So very diligent young man, very hard worker. And uh, so we talked about it, prayed about it. Um, I invited him surreptitiously on the youth trip. I told him I needed another young man to, to help me in case uh, the boat, started, you know, for tying off the boat but I really wanted to see how he did. I wanted to, I, it was a test, and he didn't, you know. I told him afterwards, on the drive home, after we dropped everybody off, I said, hey, just wanted to let you know, I actually, the real reason I wanted you to do this, I wanted to see how you did with the youth. And he said, how did I do? <laughs> I said, you did great, you did awesome. Here he is, you know, he said, here he sits. So, prayed about it. We interviewed, uh, and, and, uh, uh, Interviewed in and, and two different ways with six different people, um, and God definitely opened the door for Peter to be here and be a part of us. So I am so excited, for the second time I'm going to announce him. so excited to have Peter Molnar be our new youth minister starting in two weeks. So give him a big round of applause. <laughs>
1: Well, first of all, mistake in there. Uh, <laughs> let, let me correct Pastor John. When he approached me to translate the twenty-seven doctrines, I was not very interested at all. <laughs> I was actually it was the last thing I wanted to do this summer. But but I, I did feel like that was very much from the Lord, so um, I took the job. Well, Pastor John pretty much explained. I I think he connected the dots pretty good, and that was the biggest thing for me because. Because this, you know, this past four years, you know, just being involved in college here in the area, in lacrosse, and and then getting involved in the mission trip, I, I I really knew that God was leading me towards, you know, lacrosse. And then all the missions that we did, I totally knew that was from God. But I couldn't, you know, as I was getting closer to graduation, I just could not connect the dots. You know, I, I did not know um, where to go next. Um, I did not see how... The whole mission work, uh, everything, all of that we have done, how is this going to fit into my life? I mean, I just pursued a, a business degree and, you know, I'm about to go home or actually I, I had a few other options come up. I i had the option to join the army, m- which I was actually excited about. Um, so there were a few things and, and but I, I always felt like God was telling me in the Minneapolis area or just closer to River Valley this whole summer. And... um and then, yeah, just like Pastor John said, when, when it seemed like there is an actual opportunity, I still wasn't sure, and, and I don't want to make this really long, but then I just got some really, really strong prophetic words from the Lord that this is where I'm supposed to come as my next step in my life. So, so here I am, and, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited uh, to be here. I'm excited to get to know you a little more. I'm sure some of you are thinking... What is this guy doing coming here out of the blue? Who is this guy? But I'm hopeful I'll get to know you pretty soon. And and yeah, I'm excited. So. Brian, ready? You
0: got time. No worries. It's going to be one of those days. Good, good things.
2: Good morning. All right. So once again, how do we go from average to awesome? How do we go from where we are now to living in the fulfillment of God's plan for our lives, where we're, we're, we're living in and we're having a powerful positive impact on the world around us? Okay, so let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always... Having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. That is living an awesome, impactful life. If we have more than enough, if we have, if God gives us an abundance so that we can meet every good work, we can take care of every good work, we have enough for every project. I mean, what if, what if when Pastor John came and said we need $3,500 for these chairs for, for Hungary? what you were what you dealing with is, okay, God, do you want me to give it all? Do you want me to give all $3,500? Half? A quarter? Three-quarter? When we have an abundance to take care of every project, every ministry need, every charitable need, that is living a victorious, blessed, abundant life, impactful life. And it's grace. It's His grace that allows us to do it. It's His grace that gives us more than enough. That takes care of our needs and gives us more than enough. But what is it saying here? It's when we're it happens when we are cheerful givers. It happens when we are focused on focused outside of ourselves, when we're when we have a giving mindset. And now that is exactly why Satan wants us to be anything but. He wants us to be focused inwards. He wants us to be focused. He wants us to be focused on our stuff. He wants us to be worried about our stuff. He wants us to be concerned about not having enough stuff. But when we trust God, when we trust that God is taking care of us, when we trust that he is taking care of our stuff, when he's providing all the stuff we need, we can then be focused outwards. We can then have a giving heart. We can then be cheerful givers. Right? Right? So, short and sweet, okay? Short and sweet, but very important. As God has been dealing with me about this probably for the last two years, I'm becoming more and more and more and more aware and more convinced that this is critical. We will not progress very far down His plan for our life if we're focused on ourselves and our stuff, if we're concerned about our stuff. So, here's my point. Okay, If we trust God that He's taking care of us, taking care of our needs, we're going to be outwardly focused. We're going to be joyful givers. When we're joyful givers, God's going to get involved in our lives. He's going to get involved in our lives. His grace. He's going to pour out His grace on you, around you, in you, through you. He's going to give you an abundance so that you can help others. And then we'll have a powerful impact on the world around us. Am I making myself clear? All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank You that You are trustworthy. We know that you're taking care of our stuff so that we can focus on the world around us. We can focus outside of ourselves. We thank you so, so much for that. And we thank you for your grace that gives us the abundance, that, that enables us to touch lives, to impact the world around us. We, I ask you to bless the tithes and, and offerings that are presented today bless them, multiply them. In Jesus' name, Amen. He's coming back. And it's sooner than it was 2,000
0: years ago. Sooner than it was uh, two days ago. But He is coming back. But between now and then, we have to be good stewards. We have to be good stewards with everything that He's given us. Whether it's our marriage, whether it's our children, whether whether it's our education, whether it's our finances no matter what it is that He has given us, because He's given us everything, we have to be good stewards with that. And one of those things is the Gospel, is the the presentation that Jesus Christ loves people. We have to be good stewards of it. While Jesus was on the earth, He said, I have to do this while it's daytime. I have to do this while the light shines, while there's opportunity. We have to do the very same thing. We've been going through uh, the Gospels. We went through a number of uh, verses in John a while back. Now we're going through Luke. Uh, We did, had you read Luke chapter 4 all week this week. Next week will be, what do you think? Luke chapter 5. That's a great one to go. Let's go go with Luke chapter 5. Why am I having you do this? One is because the more the word you get into you, the more that God can do through you. The more that He can can use that word to impact and to influence the world around us. The, The other reason, the second reason, is because all of these chapters are talking about the miraculous that Jesus did. The kingdom of God is not about food and drink. Paul said that. It's not about just words. It's about power. It's about authority. And the the music this morning was talking about authority. And the verses we read this last week were talking about authority. He has given us authority to be His representative here on this earth. And when Jesus did it, because He's our best example, when Jesus did it, He didn't always make everybody happy. He didn't always do it when it was the most opportune time for him or anyone else. He did things much of the time when it ticked people off. He knew that when he ticked people off, he was probably doing something right. So how much different would that be than for us? If anybody's gotten upset at you because you're a Christian lately, congratulations good job. You're being effectual. If nobody's giving you a hard time about being a Christian, hey, there's room to go up. Boy, you could tell it's the last week of summer. People are not fired up. Okay, so moving right along. go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 talking about the authority that he's given us 2 Corinthians chapter 1 you know it's okay i've been doing this for a long time i don't get nervous when when it feels like plowing it just makes me more determined we'll get there we're getting there we're moving forward so so it just helps if somebody pushes every once in a while, you know, just in case you're wondering. Amen. I hear that grunt. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19. For the son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaim among you, Silvanus and, and Timothy and I, was not yes and no, but in him it is always yes. For all the promises of God find their yes, in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our Amen to God for his glory. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us, who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Here we are 2,000 years away from Christ. Paul was writing this to the Corinthians because there was just like okay you know what's real what isn't what can we do what can't we do how does this work all of those things they were only about 30 ish 20 30 40 years away from christ they were already having those questions we're over two thousand years from that moment when christ died when he said he said i have a, I, i'm anointed i have god has i'm has given me the the mission to proclaim the good news here i am Listen to what I have to say. And if Paul had to encourage the the believers back then that, hey guys, the promises are yes and amen. Where they're yes. The promises are yes and by our lives, we're the ones who put amen on it. Which means, amen means what? Anybody know what amen means? So be it. Let it be done. If if. He's the one. In Him, all promises. Say, everybody say all. all. Do you know what the Greek... And I won't even jo- keep joking. The Greek word for all means all. Everybody. All the promises. All the promises are yes in Christ. This last week, I spent the whole week with Pastor Dan and, and Claudia, Pastor or, uh, Dan and, and Marta Lewis. We had a wonderful time. As we said last week, we prayed for them. They're going through it right now. They're going through it. You know, Pastor Dan has, is having physical problems, whether it's a stroke or something else, he's having physical problems. Pastor Claudia has been diagnosed with cancer. Marta has, has been diagnosed with high blood pressure. And she does have, I mean, you don't have to be a diagnosed, she has high blood pressure. She's having to deal with the symptoms of that. Dan Lewis has lost hearing in one ear completely. He went for a swim came out of the water that night, got sick, and and lost his hearing in one night, in one ear. Has been dealing with, with vertigo ever since. Here are people who have walked this out for years and years and years who are going through it. I mean, they're getting attacked big time and it was amazing to spend the week with them and it wasn't it was not in any way shape or form a denial party oh no we're not sick we're well everything's great no four people who've lived it longer than me having to take real trouble real trials in front of them and apply the Word of God. Coming to grips with the reality that we have an enemy who's trying to kill us and a God who's given us life and life more abundantly. Every question, every opportunity for doubt, every, every everything that you go through, they're going through. They have the same struggle that we do. It's, it was amazing. I mean, we we you know, Marta apologized that we didn't go do fun things while I was down there. My gosh, going outside takes the life out of you at ninety eight and and ninety percent humidity. Praise God, we did not leave the air conditioning for more than a few steps here and there. That's all I could handle. So what did we do? We sat and talked for hours and hours about about life, about their faith, about, about the struggles. Not denying the struggles. The struggles are real. To hear the words that come out of Somebody who's lived it and taught it for 40 years plus was inspiring. Inspiring. In talking about it, and, and, and I hope you know, she won't be upset that I'm sharing this. I don't know why she would be, but we were talking at one point and I said, Pastor Claudia, how are you doing? I mean, really, how are you doing? And she said, well, John, we've taught this for 40 years. Why would it change now? That's awesome. That I would have the faith in that moment. All the promises of God are yes, And through us, through how we react to those promises, we have the ability to put amen on it. Let it be so. I mean, when you get faced with the worst possible scenario, you only have a couple of ways to go. One of them is give up. We, uh, in my, and I use, uh, you know, it's wonderful that I started doing this self defense thing. It gave me a whole new world of examples to give. But I tell my students when attacked, if, if you're into a situation where you're attacked, you have three choices. You can flee, that's one of the responses is you can flee, you can run away. Another one, which is the, most, the worst possible response you can do, is to freeze and do nothing. That is wrong. I don't care. If you have to run, run. But don't freeze. The third one is fight. Fight. And I always have students, usually the, the smallest female in the class, always says, but, but what if they're bigger than me? And I just smile, because I know the answer to that one. We don't fight fair. I won't go into the details if you know anything about Krav Maga. We don't fight fair. We we pick the most vulnerable part on somebody's body and attack it. Repeatedly. With great vengeance. It's wonderful. But that same tactic, <clears throat> that same tactic, works against the devil. I don't have to fight a fair fight against the devil because it's not about how big I am or how strong I am or how smart I am. I don't have to. I don't have to outwit him. I don't have to outstrength him. I don't have to fight tactically the way he wants to fight. My answer is stop father your word says this is the truth and i stand on your word it completely obliterates anything he's trying to do but you have to be in the word to know what he said the the promises in jesus are yes and our reaction to it is either is either amen or not amen but if we don't know what the promises are, and if we don't know which ones actually apply in this situation, because there are some verses, some promises, that you can't apply to this situation, because they were meant for this situation. That doesn't mean there aren't verses, that there aren't promises for that situation, but you can't take this one and apply it to that. That's against the rules. That's against God's rules. He, in, his, in his rule book, he said... This is the way it works. But He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. Our purpose must be, has to be, to not give up, to not give in, to not quit fighting. If you do not give up, you will reap a harvest. And by the grace of God, we are reaping a harvest. You are reaping a harvest. But it's a fight. It's a fight whether you're 80 plus years old or under eight years old. It's a fight. It doesn't matter. The the rules are not different. If you've never been to bible school or you've been a pastor for 40 years the rules don't change the rules are his rules and they apply to everyone we walk in that power we walk in that authority understand authority authority if i give you the authority to do something to lead something to To do whatever, then you have that authority. I've given you. Why are you doing that? Because John said I could. Kairos, you can go in my refrigerator and eat whatever you want. Just want to let you know that. And if anybody ever asks you what you're doing in there, say, hey, he said I could. That's the same thing with the Father. He said you could, He said you could believe. For healing he said you could believe for prosperity for blessings for 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 provision he said you could believe for protection he said you could believe for direction my sheep know my voice and they will not follow anyone else so when you ha- when you don't know which way to go what's the best thing to do follow the promise and the promise says listen Seek me, He says. God said, seek me with all of your heart. When you do that, I will be found by you. When I don't know what to do, my, the first thing I do is seek. God, I don't know what to do in this situation. What do I do? Well, His promise says, if I seek Him, I will find Him. His word, the promise says that He is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That means He will show me the way. He's not going to show me every detail about 20 years from now. Pastor Dan this week, because we were talking about it, and he said, he said you know, we're, ta- we're, we're praying together, we're talking about what they're going to do next, and, and, and Pastor Dan goes, all I know is what I'm supposed to do today. Right now. He said that word in the Greek is, is not a, a, uh, you know, a huge spotlight to bring in airplanes. It's a, it's a small flashlight to illuminate the next step. By faith, taking each step as he's leading. That's a promise that God said he would do for us. So if your if you're thought is, I don't know what to do, I don't know what the next step is, then the amen is you saying, okay God, I'm going to seek you because your word says that your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. I believe that, I'm going to listen for your voice, and I'm going to follow you. There's no other way to do it. See, you can't circumvent that, that promise. I don't know what to do, so I'm going to go ask Dan. Dan, what should I do? Take authority. Take authority. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. What's the Word say? Do what the Word says. Follow. Lead. Or follow His lead. Let's pray. Father, You know what tomorrow brings. You know all the pitfalls, all the problems, all the the stuff that's going to try to stop us tomorrow. But Father, I thank You for Your Word that says I don't have to worry about tomorrow. That today you lead me. Today, you protect me. Today, you fill me with every good thing. Father, I say amen to that by the authority that Jesus gave me. Father, help us in each moment, each day, to lean on that authority, to lean on the power of the resurrected Jesus. The power and authority that You've given Him and that He gave us. And Father, I ask that You help us, help me, that my life truly is amen to every one of Your promises. Father, we just continue to lift up Pastor Dan and Claudia. Father, we continue to lift up Dan and Marta. Father, we continue to lift up Robin and Carol. Father, we continue to lift up our missionaries around the world. Pastor Pavel and his family. Thomas and Monica in Switzerland. Father, we continue to lift up the churches and ministries that were associated with. Father, protect them. Supply for them. Meet their needs. Give them strength today, Father. That whatever is in their path, that You have already have a promise that deals with it completely. Help them to rest in you. That they'll know what to do, when to do it, and how. Father, this week as the kids go to school, Father, I thank you that that they are blessed. Their minds are blessed. Their lives, their bodies, everything about them is blessed. Father, thank you that they are surrounded by safety. No weapon formed against any young person in this river valley shall prosper. They are protected against attacks from the outside and attacks from the in. Father, it's just been on my heart all summer when we've talked about it with the youth. that this year suicide is destroyed in these schools. Father, we take authority over the school in in over in St. Croix what's the school over there in St. Croix Central that's been plagued by suicides over the last few years. We speak to that and we say that's done right now in Jesus name. We take that authority we lift up those families and those kids. We lift up those teachers and those, the administrators. Give them wisdom, Father, beyond their ability. That not one of those kids will be harmed. Not one of the kids, including our own, in the schools that our kids go to, shall be harmed from the outside or from within. Life. Father, we speak life and life more abundantly over this whole river valley. Your promise, Father, that what we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. We take that promise and we take the authority that that gives us to speak life in the area that You've given us Authority and responsibility for this valley. From Solon Springs to Prescott and 100 miles in both directions. Life, we speak life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the promises. And thank you for the authority that you've given us to stand on those promises and to declare life and power. In Jesus' name, amen.